This is Magnolia Leadership Podcast, heart, soul, and earth aligned. I'm Katherine Miller, a holistic practitioner of 30 years and your host. Join me as we discuss what it means to lead from the sacred feminine. Magnolia Leadership is here to guide you home, remind you of your courage, awaken your deepest knowing, revealing your fullest expression, and supporting your beautiful blossoming. Welcome in. Heather Gunnell at a sacred feminine mastermind retreat called The Council. I was so inspired and grateful for the work that Heather is doing to heal our workplace and to really bring heart into the places where we work. I think you're going to love learning about Heather's vision for what work can truly be. In this episode, Heather Gunnell, an inspiring and experienced leadership coach and consultant, of 20 years gets into her vision for what healthy work environments could look like if we amplify the feminine principles. Heather's on a mission. She wants to transform our workplace culture so that people can bring their unique genius in, be really engaged, and have the energy and time to live a full life both in and outside of work. In this conversation, Heather and I discuss what it's like to be on a precipice of a brand new cycle, how we receive information from our souls, and how we move with that in the world. What it means to serve truth in both big and small moments, moving with energy and wholeness to change the way we work in the world. What it means to bring the sacred feminine into the workplace, using the language of feminine energy and being a translator for business, how the frequency we hold, both our presence and our wholeness, can heal organizations, how denying the feminine can lead to burnout, the power of mothering your own special way, and bridging the gap. Yes, it is possible to be whole and be working in an organization. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy and are inspired by Heather's work in the world. Actually, let's take a minute. I like to bring everybody into to the space that we create together and hold together. And so just coming into the heart and the belly and just giving with each breath permission to just really slow down. Just feel yourself supported by the earth, that beautiful Vermont earth and the California coast coming together. It's feeling that space. And just seeing if it feels right to offer your voice and your words and our conversation, highest outcome for the people that may listen, that we may touch with our our words and our feelings and our expressions. So we're calling on all compassionate beings to support this conversation. Calling all of our focus and power right here 
and we're offering this in service to the divine feminine that she may use our voice and our conversation as she needs, as she wishes. Anything you'd like to add, Heather? No, that was beautiful. Yeah. Right. That feels good. <laughs> yeah, that feels good. Okay. I like to start by just finding out a little bit about this moment in your life. So where are, where are you right now? And I'd like for you to tap back into that pre-conversation where you, you yeah. were explaining being on the precipice. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we talk a lot about the spiral with the divine feminine and how you don't really start over, but you sort of come to another cycle. I feel like I'm at the precipice of a new cycle mm. in my spiral, um, okay. if, if that makes sense. And I'm, I'm really at the edge where I feel like I was just, you know, kicked, like sort of like picked up and moved into a new timeline that I had been dreaming about and thinking about, but was really kind of scared to take the leap. Okay. And so here I am, right, with uh, taking the leap into building this new work. And for the, for the people who are listening, can you explain what you were doing and then the event and the, where you are now, and then maybe even tap into what part of you called this in, mm. right? So the current reality, like what you're moving from, where you are and the initiatory event. And then also what really started this? That's pretty rich. So I was working 20 years worth of leadership work. I was working at uh, Dartmouth Health, like big academic medical center out here as leading the employee well-being infrastructure. So I was the director there, building strategy, really figuring out how this big system can move into a space of supporting people in their work in a meaningful way. So not a wellness program that people go to when they're tired, but we were talking about like infrastructure policies, like how we do the work on a daily basis so it supports people. And then I've been doing that for about three years. Before then I was at the same academic medical center, but I was the director for the OBGYN clinic. So I was doing operations, finance, like really working all the time, right? And which is what led me to the well being piece once I had kids and thought, I don't want to work this much anymore. Right, right. And then a month ago, I was laid off. There was a restructuring, right? You know, healthcare in this country is having a hard time. So there's a restructuring. And I was part of my position was part of the restructure. Okay. And so now I had been. Now I'm full force into creating a leadership coaching and consulting business. Okay. So I had been sort of playing with it, right? Building the foundation for the better part of a year. And I feel like the divine decided I was not moving quickly enough for what they had planned for me. Okay. And so the spark for this vision actually came during a women's circle, Sarah Jenks temple ceremony last summer solstice. Mm. So I was in the meditation envisioning, you know, a few years ahead, envisioning your future, letting my higher self sort of guide that. Mm. 
and th this like vision of being a consultant and on stages around the world and leading this work to heal the workplace came into my psyche. Mm. And, you know, I came out of that meditation and I was like, what? Never, it had never occurred to me that I could work for myself ever until that wow. moment. Okay. <laughs> so, here we are. so you received this a year ago yeah. as a vision. Mm -hmm. And at the time it felt like something that you wanted, but it was brand new. Is that? Yeah, it okay. felt lovely and impossible mm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And had you had other experiences where your soul or your higher self presented you with a vision like this? In different ways, but okay. yes. I mean, this okay. has been a sort of a pattern in my life. Like I'm yeah. very lucky to have I want to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like how yeah. how we receive the information yeah. from our soul, right? And also how we move with it. Yeah. Right. Because that to me is the definition of leading from the feminine. It's like being in deeper connection with ourselves and really knowing how to listen and knowing when something is true yeah. and then bringing in the structure of the masculine to take the actions. And yeah, sometimes it's a whisper and sometimes it's loud and sometimes it's like lightning striking, right? You got the, you got the big shove. <laughs> I got it. I got the big shove this time. Which can be helpful actually, right? When we're scared, there's no other choice. I, I know when, when I was, when my boys were young, I had a really small private practice. They were like three and seven. And so I was seeing like three or four clients a week. It wasn't big, but my now ex-husband at that time left our family. And I suddenly was in a position where I had to make money and I had two kids to take care of, right? It was just like, oh, I wanted a full practice, but life just gave me the external, you know, push, <laughs> It was like, you know, you got to do this. And it, you know, I built the business within like a year. It was completely full. Mm. Right? These moments are really defining. Yeah. And what was so interesting about this moment, I think part of the reason I got the big push was because in the past, when I've had these, like the downloads and I knew what needed to be done, I was very brave and would just do it. The difference is that now I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. Yeah. Right. And so I was being much more cautious in taking that big leap than yeah. I ever have been in the past. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay. I got the push and here we are. Well, and there is a level of responsibility that we have to our children yeah. as we're providing. Right. So we do, I think we do engage differently when we're mothers. Mm -hmm. We do, we do measure it a little bit differently. And also there's this other side by how exciting for your girls, right? To be able to see this happening, even if they don't understand all the details, right? They know mom's working on something. Yeah, I'm, it, it, I get so proud, you know, when I think about that, when I think about the example that I'm setting for my kids. Um, it's everything. Yeah, yeah. Mom knows how to jump off the cliff. <laughs> get pushed get pushed off pushed either way we'll build the wings yeah so great would you be willing to talk a little bit about what it was like to receive that vision and then how the last year has gone walking with that vision mm. I mean we're talking about getting it just a year ago and now here it is yeah 
one year later. It's not that long, actually, for some, for a shift like this to take place. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, what was interesting about this one is there's been several times in my life where I, I either set a very clear intention and then was able to manifest that pretty quickly or just knew when a moment was right, right? Mm -hmm. So like, for example, when I just knew it was time to move across the country by myself and come out east here, um, mm -hmm. I just knew it was right and I took action immediately. Whereas this one was different because I've, I've had a lot of sort of vision journeys and meditation, but not, not like this. This was tangible mm. and it was a few years in the future, which was a different way for me to receive that type of information. Mm -hmm. And I think what was interesting about it for me is that a few things. One, I knew there was no going back, right? It was also something that I also knew I didn't have all of the tools necessary to create mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. I had to go through like some learning and then still obviously, you know, going through some learning on how to make this happen. So it was a very, I'm really grateful that right after I had that, I also had the container of the, the council and that mastermind mm -hmm. because that gave me a really safe space to play with it to open yeah 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 so you had your opening and now you're putting it sounds like you're starting to put the structure in place to support yeah. the opening okay okay great so you said you just knew I spend a lot of time with people one-on-one -on -one trying to help people know what they know and so there's always these questions like well how do you how do you know how how do I know what to follow and I always say the answer is unique to each person right my way of receiving truth feels different in my body than yours. So I'm curious when I ask you, like, how would you explain how you know? What comes to mind for you or what comes to your body and heart around that question? For me, when I, oh, that's such a good question. For, for me, it feels like a, a sword of energy that just grounds me completely into the earth. Mm. So for me, it's like a way of, I just know when I feel completely rooted and anchored, even if the idea feels like mm. outlandish, right? Mm. And you feel so it here. I can feel it like all the way through my body into the earth. So good. And that is how, like, I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Have you developed a practice of following that knowing? Yeah, I don't even hesitate anymore. I mean, I think, okay. I mean, I might be scared, but I don't yeah. hesitate mm -hmm. in moving forward. Um, and I, I learned that really pretty early in my life. Uh, like, fortunately, as a kid, right, I sort of had enough experiences where I realized this is just what I do. This is just how I have to function. It's been a long time, you know, probably in my late teens, early twenties, where I chose to not pay attention and oh, yeah. was, it didn't work, right? It was a disaster. Horrible. So I just decided that it will be less painful to take the leap and do whatever is coming through. So I think that what this space that we're talking about right now, I mean, when we're exploring what it means to lead from the feminine, mm -hmm. I think this is it. Yeah. There's all these elaborate things around, you know, 
following the moon or the seasons or the this is or the that's. But when it really gets down to it, all of those are just ways that we can be deeper in connection with ourselves so that we become very honed in our ability to know what the truth is for our life and to follow it. And I, I think it's a really, I mean, you and I are like, yeah, of course, right? This is exactly what we do. And our lives are dedicated to it. That's why we love each other, right? It's easy because this this is what we do. But I really, the more, you know, I'm really involved in this question of what does it mean to let the feminine lead? And the more that I ask this question of myself and with, with clients and with um, podcast guests, it's like, there's just an expression that comes through that wants to live through. And our job, if we want to, or if we want to live, or it's actually really not a want, right? If we're someone who is here to live from this place, then our instrument has to get very honed to this frequency that wants to come through us. And we have to learn to live from that place. And it is just like freaking amazing. And also just why it's a wild ride. It is. And what I find so like cool about it. And I, I mean, it is a wild ride, but for, for me, and I suspect for you and many people listening to this, right. It's not only the big things, right. So like this, you know, this, this is like vision and the meditation that I'm talking about these massive life changes that, but it also happens in, you know, a meeting where I'm paying attention to the energy and I just realize, oh, there's something that has to be said and I'm the person who has mm -hmm. to say it, right? Mm -hmm. Or in a one-on-one -on -one conversation or like in these little moments that aren't necessarily life-changing, but you get that, I get it, right? Like I get that feeling yes. and just realize like, oh, it's time to tell the truth. It's like time to call out truth yeah. right now in this yes. moment. And sometimes the fallout from that, you know, is hard, but, it, yes. but it's better to deal with that fallout than it is to walk, like not say the thing that needs to be said. So you're talking about serving truth. Yes. Yeah. And that is sometimes very, I, I just, I'm laughing because this is my practice too. And there's so many times where it's like, do I, I'm really going to have to say that I'm really, <laughs> am I really like there's this issue that I'm working on understanding. And the more that I dig into it, the more I realize that I'm being asked to be a truth teller around this really difficult issue. Yeah. And it's like, this is really inconvenient. Right. This, this doesn't line up with my idea of who I am or what I'm here to talk about. But right. I know it, I know it's coming. I feel it. Right. Yeah. Or even some days it's like, I did not get enough sleep to be the person today that has to hold. <laughs> right. But, you know, but it's just I, I mean, I, I love that phrase. You said the truth teller, because I feel like I over and over in my life have been called to be the truth teller mm. in moments, big and small, um, mm -hmm. particularly around this idea of the sacred feminine or what it means to be you know, a holistic leader, depending on which face of my life I was in. Mm -hmm. So it's this really, it's this thing that just keeps coming up for me over and over again in different, more interesting ways. Yes. Yeah. So can you remember the first time that you felt the presence of, we're calling it the sacred feminine expressing through truth, right? Can you remember the first time you experienced it? 
in your life where you were like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I can't. Even, even if you didn't know it was that, right? Yeah, I didn't know it was that, but I do. I have this very clear memory in sixth grade. So it had been smaller ways, but this was the one where I was like in the room making the statement, right? Um, so it's, you know, it's been present in my life, but this, um, I feel a little silly telling the story, but I'll just tell well, it. You don't right? have to, but I think these are like really helpful for people to know and, and see themselves in these stories, right? This is the sacred yeah. feminine. Isn't it, this is not an intellectual concept. Mm. This is a feeling spiritual, deep thing that we have in our bodies as women. That's, yeah. why, that's why I'm pausing to talk about it because I, I want that to be something that comes across. This isn't something that women have to figure out. It's not something they have to go buy a course for. They don't need a community, although that's nice. They We have the codes in our bodies. We do. It's like, it's there. And so, you know, if you want to tell a different story, that's okay, but. I'll tell this one. Just, I will just say I was in sixth grade. So how old are you in sixth grade? 11, right? 11. So, mm -hmm. so I, I remember being, it was very, I'm very introverted, very shy, not a very popular kid, right? But we're, I'm in sixth grade um, and we're learning about Martin Luther King, right? And so we're learning about his speech and his work and this really great, like this inspiring message. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember being in class being really feeling like moved and inspired by that. Yes. And then we go to the library um, and with a little amount of context, our library teacher, bless her heart, looking back now, she just needed a hug, but she was not a very nice woman. And she would make it like every day we'd go to the library and she'd make us put our heads down and we'd spend 45 minutes with our heads down um, in class. Wow. I mean, it was really, that's meditation was, time, that's my memory, right? So <laughs> I remember this particular day after learning about Martin Luther King Jr. and this inspiring message, we go into the library and, you know, within five minutes, she's yelling and our heads are down. And I just remember feeling it in my, my stomach and my heart mm. and like sort of this inner inner vibration, which sometimes for me, like when I start to get this inner vibration, I have to, I know I have to speak. Mm. Like, and so for me, that's the, that's the like feeling in my body. Mm. And so, you know, 11 years old and wow. feeling this inner vibration and I refuse to put my head down and I raise my hand and I go on this like tangent basically about how this isn't right. And this is how we do this. And sort of went on this like and people's heads start popping up off the table and i remember her asking wow. me at her wit's end what do you want from me and and in hmm. that moment at 11 years old i went through the principles i had just learned about how to articulate i want xyz right like we want to be able to read our books we want to be able to whatever i said at 11 years old right. but in How that moment <laughs> to be able to just like feel that and know i have to speak and knowing that like from then on the dynamic was different right wow we never had to put our heads down in library anymore i got sent to Amazing. the principal, right but right but it worked so that's the first mm. memory that I have of feeling that in my body and knowing that some 
that words were going to come through me. And my job was to just say it out loud. That's amazing. That was courageous for an introverted sixth grade, 11 year old girl, but it sounds like something just moves you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How is that? I love, I did not know that story, um, but I love that about you. How is that showing up in your life now? Mm. Sort of like, yeah, I need to move forward or I need to speak or there's something here that needs to be addressed. You know, what's different for me now is that in the last few decades of my life, I've done a lot of work around moving out of a combative Mm -hmm. energy, right? So in a lot of my life, my early life, like that needing to speak Mm -hmm. was kind of speaking from justice and a way to like combat. Like a fight response. Right. Mm -hmm. And so having done a lot of work and really trying to sit in a different energy in my life, what is coming through now is it's different for me to find the courage to use my voice Mm -hmm. just because, right? Not because I'm advocating for justice or not because, you know, fighting against injustice, no, but just because I have something worth saying, Mm. for me, that is requiring a, a new level of courage. Interesting. So it's not for a cause. Well, or maybe it is, maybe it is, but it's just something that you're moved to be in a relationship with out externally. Yeah. The way I want to be in the world and the work that I'm doing in the world, like the idea really for me, it's about changing the way we work in the world so that it's more holistic and supportive and like human. And The energy of that is very different than the energy of advocating. Yes. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's go here. Can we go here? Yeah. There's, so, there's like 20 we'll, places. We'll go there. wherever you want to go. Well, or, or you, you can co-create with me. If there's something that feels juicy that you want to follow, let me know. How do you understand or feel or are you with, so you're wanting to change work to make it more holistic and a healthier way of being. I mean, our work is so critical to who we are. And are you talking about system level change? Okay. How do you see the sacred feminine being a part of that shift? Mm. I love this question. Me too. Uh, I love this question. So (laughs) I love it too. Yeah, because, you know, what what I really... (laughs) love about the work I do is that when I'm working one-on-one with an individual, like it's about like, you can't heal the workplace if you don't heal the people in it first. Absolutely. So, you know, we show up as leaders with all of our experience, all of our tools or lack thereof. Right. And we bring with us our, the way we act uh, the, the way we process our trauma in our lives, the way we deal with our relationships, the way we communicate, that comes with us into the workplace. Yes. And it's often not healthy, which is how... Adam, yeah. Yeah, my theory is that that's how we get dysfunctional 
work culture. Because if you're not very intentional about how you build a workplace culture, you end up with the default behaviors of whoever's yeah. on like at top, at right? the top. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, okay. I, I think that like, I like to really work with people on their own responses on like how they deal with how they communicate, how they deal with all of that. But what is super fun for me is working with teams and structures to show how we can take these concepts and we can weave this humanity into the daily operations. Mm. You can weave it into the spreadsheets and the KPIs, you know, you can weave it into all of that. Um, and the way I see the sacred feminine in that, honestly, I think it's already there. We just use different language, right? We're oh, using okay. language like emotional intelligence or team culture or, you know, having a, a servant leadership style, right? right? Like we use these different mm. phrases, but for me, when I look at that, I love all of that, right? Yes. I teach all of that. Mm -hmm. But but really for me, it's different ways of saying the feminine energy mm. and bringing the feminine energy into the workplace mm -hmm. so that we open the space mm -hmm. and we're more collaborative, we're, we allow everyone's voice, right? Mm -hmm. That is what, the feminine energy does, right? We mm -hmm. hold that and we make it bigger and bigger so that more can be included. And that's where the magic is, right? That's Absolutely. where the beauty is. Mm. So yeah. when you're working with a team, you're using the language that is appropriate for that environment, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're translating, you're in a translation role, but you're trying to amplify these I guess they're called softer skills or I don't know how, how we would, yeah. they're not soft. I don't, I, that is the phrase. I, I think it needs to go. We need a different way. <laughs> like there's nothing soft about this. So, okay. So you're amplifying that and you're bringing it into teams and you can actually see the difference Yeah. in how people are relating. And then you're also taking people one-on-one -on -one and helping them shift their behaviors and belief systems around maybe their trigger points or things that are really difficult for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how receptive have you found organize, organizations to be to this idea? Yeah. I mean, it's all over the map, right? I'm imagining like these, or like what, the Dartmouth, right? Health. Yeah. So that, yeah. that just in my imagination, and I don't know, I might not, I might not have it right. That feels very structured yeah. and very, very masculine based and, and, and not in a negative way. Like it's a, it's a business that is running for a profit, right? So it's mm -hmm. super structured. And then you come in and you're like, well, here's this idea. So I'm just curious, how do you make, what do you do? This sounds like a juicy little spot. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah, so, so I will say that almost to a person, when I talk about this with individuals, even leaders, right? They all, I've never had anyone tell me they don't like the idea, right? So people are very receptive to this, mm -hmm. right? Okay. People, I think, I think the vast majority of us know mm -hmm. that our workplace structures, they were, it's broken, right? It's mm -hmm. broken mm -hmm. and it needs to be rebuilt. Where it starts to get tricky 
So that's why I like the one-on-one, -on -one, right? Is because, or small groups, because you can get a lot of traction with these ideas when people feel safe to really embrace it, mm -hmm. right? Where it starts to get tricky is in the scaling, right? So, so bringing these behaviors and these um, skills to scale in an organization mm -hmm. um, is really difficult. And I, I don't think it's difficult because people don't want to necessarily. I think it's difficult because it, it's very overwhelming and there's so many moving pieces and it's, it's difficult for people to understand what lever can I pull, pull and how do I do it without adding more stuff to my plate, right? People think it's going to mean doing more. Okay. And so it's helping people understand how you just do it a little differently. Hmm. It's the how, not necessarily the what, hmm. if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It makes, I love how you're translating all this. It's exciting. Yeah. Well, for me personally, it's exciting, but it's also exciting that this, you know, could be happening in an organization, yeah. right? That you're seeing it. So you're going to be bringing these ideas and the ways that you've been working for a couple of decades, it sounds like, mm -hmm. into your, your own business and offering this out to different businesses, right? Yes. Okay. So what do you call this? What is this? <laughs> what is this? If I want some, how do I get some? If you want some, well, you know, my business is called Inlight Leadership, mm. really, because I see this as like, like, let's shine a light on what the path forward is, right? And so, you know, some of the, the tools that I use is really this method uh, called appreciative inquiry which is a really incredible method. But so what I call it is I call it like a roadmap for success because that's an easy thing for companies to translate, right? right. But what it really is, it's about bringing some heart into the company. Oh, so needed. Yeah, but I recognize, so it's interesting because like there are some organizations that are very hierarchical, very structured. Healthcare is one of them. Right, the structure's um, already in place. So I, it's hard to make right yeah then there are others you know like some of our like b corps for example and some mm -hmm. more of these like sustainable organizations where they already have this like they already know they want to have a more um, holistic human-centered approach to their business i can just show them how to make it simple mm -hmm. right okay. so the way i will talk about it i like to translate so it depends on what the group is comfortable with. What language do they use? Mm -hmm. It's all the same in my head, right? It's all energy for me. Mm. So for me, it's like, what's the resonant energy? I know the frequency I'm bringing. Mm. I'll use whatever word you need me to use so that you can understand okay. what I'm bringing. Mm. This is great. So tell me about the frequency. Let's get into that because, yeah. I really am happy to have a conversation to learn a little bit more about how you're, we actually are working on really similar things. I don't know if you know that, but well, so my first career was in tech and I was watching leaders and I was young, right? And I was like, this is wrong. There's something really <laughs> off with the role, how leaders are holding themselves. And when they're out of balance, the entire organization suffers. 
So I left tech and went to get a master's degree in organizational psychology, thinking that I was going to be able to go back in and change the world, right? I mean, I always have that. But then I realized, oh, these people really like this. They like the way that they're leading because they have power, right? Mm -hmm. And so I set up my practice on the outside. So my original work was bringing leaders outside of businesses and into a private environment to work on their trauma, their communicate, all of the skills, right? Interesting. You didn't know that, did you? I didn't. That's really cool. I love that. And the bulk of my practice still is that is, you know, I work with Silicon Valley leaders and leaders in, you know, women who are leading interesting nonprofits or women who are leading their families or women who are, you know, all these different aspects of leadership, um, really working on figuring out what people are here to do and helping them open to that, honor that, and then figuring out how to put the structure in place to bring that into wherever they need to. So it's just, it's different, but it's very similar. Yeah. I love that because I love talking to you about this. This is so great because I love it when, I mean, it's so important for leaders to go outside and do that work. Right. Um, And I, I did that, right? Like I was a leader and I was burnt out. You know, it took me two years to recover from burnout. Right. Okay. There's a topic. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't say that earlier. So, but like, so I have been there and I had to go outside and, and heal and reconnect. And then what I think some of us really struggle with is once we've done that personal work mm-hmm. and then we come back inside the structure, it feels untenable, right? right. So I there's this off to you. Yeah, there's this tug of war, right? Where it's like if I'm going to stay in my highest expression, do I need to leave my job? Yes. Right? Do I? And I'm not yes, but yes, that question yeah, is no. Huge. And for some of us, the answer is yes. But I think right. for many of us, that's not required if we find a way to bridge the gap, right? So like, I'm really interested in walking that tightrope and mm. helping people helping people understand how they can stay their full self and be that is so needed yeah that is so needed so if an individual was working at at that tight place um that spot could they come to work with you privately or are you only working with organizations no they could absolutely come work with me privately okay great Mm -hmm. great so you know, I'm recovering. I've discovered I want to be a different kind of leader. I want to honor my whole self. Um, and then I'm like trying to do that in my job and I'm hitting all the walls, right? Then they could come to you for yes. ways to navigate holding their truth. And that's what it sounds like, like holding the truth of who they're here to be within these organizations. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's so fun to work. I mean, <laughs> fun might not I'm be the right I'm glad you love that. I am so <laughs> glad someone loves that. I'm too much of a rebel. Uh, you yeah. know, I so appreciate the um, the ability to do that because that was not, definitely not me. I was just like, ah, you know, this is, I can't. Yeah. So it's great. It's great that you have that. And you like it. I do. You know, it, I mean, the the it was such a rich experience for me. Like I had a solid year in my full-time job, year and a half. 
after having really not only recovered from burnout, so like I recovered from burnout and then I said, this can't like this can only be my baseline. There is more. Right. And so then I went out and I did more healing and sort of like really figured out how to thrive. Yay. And what was so rewarding, I mean, all of it was rewarding, but when I would bring that part of myself to the workplace, and watch the energy in the room shift and watch the light bulbs go on and like really see how my presence and my wholeness could mm. could expand that and heal it um was remarkable right and then the me want, it makes me want to cry it's so like yeah and you know as hard as it was to be part of restructuring and layoffs. And one thing that I will be forever grateful for is the dozens and dozens of people that reached out to me to tell me how my joy and my, me being me impacted the way they worked mm. and the way their teams worked, right? Like just the way that's, I would- show That's everything. Yeah. That's everything. So and great. So that's like, it's possible. Right. Mm -hmm. We can all do this. We can all do this. I love that mission for you. The one who yeah. brings, brings the truth into the workplace and lives from joy. Can we talk about burnout for a sec? Oh yeah. Let's and that, that whole experience, because I will say one of the really amazing things about being able to have these conversations and being in this role is to see the themes and the themes are really starting to emerge from these conversations. We haven't had one woman that could be an artist, that could be a business owner, that could be a mom who has not brought this topic up mm. as a as a major turning point in their in their journey. So I'm curious if you would share a little bit about what happened around the burnout time and how you approached it, your understanding of what it is, because it is an epidemic. It is an epidemic. And I, I mean, I know it impacts everybody, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel like it impacts women in a much deeper way. Mm -hmm. right? Because part of the burnout, from my experience, at least came from feeling like I had to deny the energy mm. of my feminine in order to make it through the day. Right. So, so that yeah. is kind of a underlying thing but you know my you're dropping all these little <laughs> you're dropping the truth bombs isn't that true though yeah for us to be participating in those systems that don't honor or support the feminine we do have to cut her off yeah and then we get sick and i mean for me i almost died yeah yeah it's really, really serious business yeah oh, it's I love the way you phrase that say it again for me, burnout, I, I hesitate because sometimes these words just come and I okay, can't remember. That's okay. It was just so powerful and we'll have it on the recording so we can okay. emphasize it. I, yeah. I like I like the way you're phrasing that. Yeah. Right? There's not a place for the feminine sometimes and then we cut her off. Yeah. I had to deny the feminine energy in my life to yes. make it through the day. Right. In your entire life. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just like now I'm at work. It was just like, I have to shut this down. Right. Okay. So I had a couple, you know, my, my journey with burnout spanned some time, right? So the first 10 years of my career, I worked um, in the domestic violence, sexual violence field. So I spent several years working directly with women 
And then I, I ran statewide programs out here in New Hampshire. And so I did policy work, worked mm -hmm. with the attorney general's office out here. You know, I did a lot of that sort of, I mean, I was an advocate, right? Like right. for j justice in the world and for women in particular. And so I, I, was, I spent 10 years in that field, mm -hmm. training law enforcement, working with first responders, training nurses, and the secondary trauma became significant. But what, what, what prompted me to move into a different field was the dysfunction in the organizations that I was working in, right? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't the work or the topic necessarily, but it was layering in just the dysfunction of the teams. Okay. And so I thought I got to do something different. And I could also feel energetically, I could feel I had been doing a lot of healing and so my frequency no longer matched the frequency of the work I was doing. Okay. And I needed to shift. Mm. So I moved into healthcare, clinical operations, right? So I was- That was a big running, change. Yeah, it was, I can't believe it happened. But you know, this is what happens when you just follow, <laughs> follow yes. the guidance. So, you know, I spent seven years running this clinic on the business end of it. So the finances mm -hmm. and, you know, it had 150 ish people that I was ultimately mm -hmm. in charge of. It's a really big budget. I loved the people I worked with, but again, it was really trying. And we went through a lot of really unusual challenges in the department. So there was the closure of a really key uh, section, you know, the, the reproductive endocrinology department had to shut down. I went through four department chair. So that's the medical leader of, oh, of the, yeah. right? So this, these were not normal transitions that a department would normally go through in the span of seven years. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was going through that process. I was working at least 10 hour days, usually longer with an hour commute on either end. And oh. it was, it was hard, right? And I lived in this beautiful space. We had a house that was near this gorgeous lake. I never got to use any of it, right? Mm -hmm. And then I got pregnant mm -hmm. and I had my, my daughter and I started to realize, okay, this is not. Yeah, this is not work with mama -ing. It doesn't work. Mm -mm. Um, and then three years later, I got pregnant again with my son. Um, and I had this very clear moment. I was dealing with, you know, it's just some, some dysfunction, some team challenges, the structures. And I just woke up one day and I was like, one, my body is barely functioning. Like I had a very traumatic emergency C-section with Dylan. Oh, and when I had to go back to work, I still could barely walk on some days, right? So three months later, and I'm back in this mm. 10, 12 hour days. No. So when I left- With a newborn. With a <laughs> newborn and a three, you know, oh. three year old, I was like, this is, ridiculous like no one should have to live like this it is ridiculous and um, yet so many <laughs> that's what most women are doing yeah i remember when i was about what was it eight months pregnant with dylan um i was already feeling the burnout i was like i'm not doing anybody any good right like mm -hmm. i could feel that i was no longer as effective as i wanted to be as the team deserved all of those things but i i found a i took a note card one night and I wrote this intention for what my new work life would feel like. Mm -hmm. And I stuck it up on my mirror so that every day when I got ready, I would see it.
Um, and it was, it was um, less than a year later that the job manifested itself, right? Um, you got some practical magic, mama. <laughs> <laughs> so the burnout for me was really just a matter of like physical, emotional, yeah. holding all of this weight mm. and, and just kind of collapsing. Like when I shifted jobs, I slept for what felt like weeks, mm. you know, just to be able to try to recover. And that is a, I mean, that's a whole other story, right? It's a whole the recovery process, process. Yeah, mm -hmm. to recover. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so now here you are <laughs> full of energy, ready to go. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I'd love to talk to you again after you get into your business yeah. to hear how these principles work in your own business. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, we didn't really get to touch on mothering as much, but I know that's a really important part of your journey and a place where you honor the, the feminine deeply. Is there anything you want to say about, about your motherhood journey as we conclude? Cause I, we know we talk about the sacred feminine and we've been talking a lot about it in work, but I think the most powerful expression of the feminine is in our roles as mothers. It, it is, it's just, this is where our power is. Yeah, we, I agree. We bring life into our bodies and we call souls in and we just ate them and we birth them and we support them and we we are powerful forces of protection and nourishment and all, all the things that mothers do. I feel like I want to make sure every person gets to talk about their motherhood journey. It's a big topic, but I'm yeah. just curious if it sparks any, any place that you'd like to touch on. Yeah, very, very clearly. There's one, I mean, I could say a lot about that, but one yeah. really key thing, I think um, for me, recognizing and appreciating that every time I birthed a baby, my entire energetic and physical DNA changed, right? Like just, just the like, totally. just being able to, uh, you know, when I started hearing the science behind a lot of that, and then being able to just really like take that in and feel it and allow that, mm -hmm is some of the most powerful magic mm. feel right like just acknowledging that this vessel of mine is capable of that yes um, and, and then you know one really key thing that I, I that i just have to say when it comes to mothering is there's not one way to do it right like of course not I'm a cancer and I'm a relatively nurturing person. And I also am like, I really like it to be quiet and I like to have my independence. And so, you know, just being okay for me, the, the biggest part of the process so far has been being okay with mothering my way. Yes. Instead of mothering the way it should look. Which is what? I've lost the thread on that one. Right? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> but like the way I was raised, it was that like mothers should stay home and be like your entire life should be dedicated. And that never appealed to me ever. Mm -hmm. I almost didn't want kids because I thought, well, I'm not doing that. But just being okay and recognizing like my, get, like, my kids chose me. That's right. And so I get to be me mm -hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. 
shifted. So it sounds like part of that for you is, is having other places to put your energy. Yeah. Places to have quiet places to have, you know, you have a strong mind places to think about things and, and be fine. Yeah. With that and realize that it enriches them. Yeah. They just want their mom to be, you know, be present when she's there. They want me to be happy as much as I want me to be happy. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know? Lovely. Yeah. Any, anything you want to say as we close up? Anything that we've touched on or haven't touched on? I really want people to just take away this, this idea that it is possible to bridge the gap. Mm. Right? It, it is absolutely possible to be whole and work for an organization, right? Like this is possible Okay, and we can all do it. We -hmm. just have to support each other in finding that path. How do people find you, your exciting work? Yeah, they can find me at inlightleadership.com. Okay. And that's probably the best way to reach me. I'm also on LinkedIn under Heather Farr Gunnell. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for being here with us. Thank you. This is fun. Ancient voices spill the secrets. That's it for this episode of Magnolia Leadership Podcast. Having you here is such a blessing. As a Magnolia woman, we are leading from our deep aligned power to bring our full bloom to ourselves and our gifts to the world. If you're inspired by this podcast, I invite you to share it with someone or leave a review. Sign up for our newsletter or one of Magnolia Leadership's upcoming in-person or online offerings at magnolialeadershipco.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, so much love to you.